0: Hello, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Florida Foodie. I'm your host, Lisa Bell. Food impacts so much of our lives and the world around us. But it's not just what we eat, how we eat our food and how it is packaged has a huge effect on all of us and our environment. Recently, we've seen a big push across the country and here in Florida to make changes to the way we eat. Straw bands, that's the phrase you hear a lot these days, but it's about more than just straws. It's about all single-use plastics and where they end up. If you've been to the beach, you've seen them. Water bottles, bags, and straws littering the sand. Here in Central Florida, New Smyrna Beach is working on a plan to cut down on single use plastics in the city. The Marine Discovery Center, an educational nonprofit in New Smyrna Beach, is helping to push for this plan. I recently got the chance to sit down with the Executive Director of the Marine Discovery Center, Chad Truxel, to talk about this plan and what kind of impact it could have on our environment. I got some help from News 6 reporter Clay Lepard, who has been following the environmental effort happening in New Smyrna Beach. Hello, I'm Lisa Bell
1: and welcome to another episode of Florida Foodie. And today I am joined by a special co-host, News 6 reporter Clay Lepard. And together we are with Chad Truxell, who is the executive director of the Marine Discovery Center, who is here today to talk about single-use plastics, which are now everywhere. And specifically, we're talking about kind of plastic food containers and plastic straws. And so we want to thank you so much for being here because this is such an important issue, especially for people living in Florida. First, I do want to talk about a little bit of breaking news because all around the world, uh, corporations and local governments, big governments have been working to try and limit plastic straws. And recently, the Florida legislature voted to ban those bans. In other words, they did not want local communities or local cities and towns or counties banning plastic straws. And in somewhat of a surprise move, some would say Florida's new governor, Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, issued his first veto on that piece of legislation. Was that a surprise to you?
2: Yeah, it it was a surprise. Obviously, being his first veto, uh, we didn't know where we would see it. Uh, When we we saw we've seen this before when plastic bags you know we had the same type of a thing where uh, you know the politics get involved and unfortunately there became a delay on any legislation statewide for the plastic bags and then uh, lots of movement uh, to stop cities from governing their own you know uh, plastic use so um, it was a surprise but also you know we're excited because it it does set a tone and you know statewide now on how we need to move forward with you know, the single-use plastic issue.
1: Yeah, in fact, uh, the governor saying, when he vetoed it, saying these measures have not, as far as I can tell, frustrated any state policy or harmed the state's interests. In fact, the Florida Department of Environmental Protection has encouraged Florida residents, schools, and businesses to reduce plastic straw use. It's pretty remarkable, though, when you see a Republican governor going against a Republican state legislature in something like this.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I've, I've been very uh, impressed so far with uh, DeSantis, Governor DeSantis's moves so far in his policy uh, on the environment. And um, this was another, you know, step in that direction of saying, you know what, I, I don't see any issues, you know, where it's going to uh, create, you know, further challenges for our state. And if anything, we already have a DEP that has stated, like you said. And again, the same thing with plastic bags, they recognize already at their Staff level, that there is an issue with single use plastics. So, why wouldn't the policy
3: follow? So,
1: let's you, t- I do want to just bring sure. in Clay real quick because let's talk about plastic straws. I know, Clay, yeah. you recently did a story mm-hmm. on New Smyrna Beach trying to ban some of this. Tell us I about was that.
3: about to say, this was something that, you know, you and I dealt with a month ago. The last time I saw you, you were standing on top of the ladder, the <laughs> jack of all trades over at the Marine Discovery Center, um, where it stands right now with New Smyrna Beach. For those who don't know, Chad, could you just let us know? Because this has been something you guys have been very passionate about.
2: Yeah. So, you know, again, being a coastal community, we're a small community, but, you know, we are, we're also a destination. And so we realize the impact of that destination. And, and, and if you're a user of the resource, you know, single-use plastics tend to be what's left behind. And so we've been working, you know, from several different levels. Uh, uh, one is through our Visitor Bureau. I'm on the board of our Visitor Bureau. and We wanted to, you know, what, what can our Visitor Bureau do to get this word out? So they've been, you know, doing some ambassador programs, you know, champions of tourism and really f- focusing on single-use plastics, you know, both internally and then to the broad public. Uh, as well as the chamber. So at the chamber level, I'm also on the board of our chamber. And again, you know, this is strategic. Like, how do we get everyone involved? So at the chamber level, again, how how do we get uh, businesses to proactively say, you know, what I, I can see, you know, that people want, you know, are very uh, uh, dedicated to cause, and so uh, they're they're going to want to do the right thing if my business is doing it. They're going to maybe patronize my business more as a result of, of of things I'm doing. And then finally, at the at the city level. Uh, you know, three years ago on Earth Day, we we said, well, let's. I know you don't want to do a ban because of where we are, and, and especially where our commissioners were. I reached out to each of them, and mm-hmm. you know, singly, and and you can tell they were hesitant. So, how, how about just recognizing the issue of single-use plastic bags, and then from there, uh, we you know we we make a resolution, and and so they passed that, and I think that was back in 2004. 15 I believe is when that I, I don't have my dates with me but so we passed that resolution and that followed up with another resolution uh, on straws um, again just it's it, it doesn't have any teeth to it it, it is a, it is just recognizing the issue and so now we want to take it that one step further, you know. we're just talking that?
3: about city property. Now, that's this this latest resolution is really when it comes to businesses that work with cities, city vendors, and then also on city property. So we're talking food festivals. I think when I was up there, it was one of the food festivals that weekend at uh, New Smyrna Beach. Um, first off, were you surprised, though, just going back to the governor just a little bit, Sure. Um, to see that legislation first come up as you guys are at the same time <laughs> bringing up the counter legislation, locally.
2: yeah, and you know, initially, if you if you read it, uh, you know, the, the the evolution of that is that it did start to as a reduction, right? I mean, the the whole ordinance and policy change was really to let's let's how how do we reduce single-use plastics and straws specifically in our state, and then that got reworded to come up with the ban on bans. Uh, I've seen it before I uh, wouldn't you know again you know th- when when politics are involved everyone has their interest in um, and so but what is the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. And I think the, the governor recognized that.
1: So, you know, plastic straws have been around for decades. So why do you think there is this fairly new movement to try and reduce plastic straw use? I mean, it's only been within the past few years that we've actually seen major corporations like Disney and SeaWorld and Starbucks and McDonald's and entire countries uh, and now states and even local communities really raising awareness about this, what changed?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that the viral video with the, with the turtle and the and, you know, the straw, you know, being pulled out with a pair of pliers, you know, that was heart-wrenching for all of us, and that, and because it did go viral, you know, a lot of people became aware, you know, as as we all know at this table, and most people, you know, probably realize, you know, plastic straws is a very tiny, you know, amount of single-use plastics, right? I mean, roughly 40 percent of all plastics, you know, that are, that are consumed every year by us are single-use. That's a huge amount of plastics, you know, every year that, we use one time and, and you know mm-hmm. we, we discard straws are a fraction of a fraction of a percent right, right. so so the idea of straws uh, is I think it, it, it's what landed where and resonated with people like oh, I had no idea and mm-hmm. they just didn't they didn't realize it even though as much in our world we preach it we talk about it all the time mm-hmm. with all types of plastic so there's something about that connection between an animal being hurt a sea turtle of course you know mm-hmm. everyone loves sea turtles um, it, it was it was gut wrenching for a lot of people, and so it, that was the easy one. And we can go to restaurants, and we do, and we've been very successful. And say, you know, at a minimum, just you know, just uh, straws only upon request, right? right. Don't auto straw. So that's a very simple concept that you can actually save money as a restaurant by adopting your own internal policies of just working with your servers to not just auto-straw. That in and of itself can help save money as well as save, you know, potential single-use plastics.
1: Or offering a cardboard box versus a styrofoam or plastic container. Yep. But what is some of the resistance? I mean, some people have said that these straw bands are just symbolic, which is what you just pointed out, sure. because they do represent such a small, small, small fraction of the overall plastics on this planet.
2: So what we seen, seen because again we've been working on this issue for you know five years or so now, is uh, the the movement, right? The, this wave of interest now. So yes, a straw is just a start, mm-hmm. but it gets the conversation started. I'm here, you know, speaking to you all. we you know you all are doing a story on this as a result of of this wave of information that's now getting out there and awareness. So that's what it does for us, uh, and then we, you know. Policy is not always the best way to go to get something done. So it has to be a a community level solution. And that takes everyone. So from the consumer approach to, you know, to the business end, you know, to the policy, all of Mm -hmm. us are responsible. And so we all have a, you know, an angle on this. And so to me, this is a a start. If we have some type of policy with a straw, we could I think we're going to get a lot more movement with businesses to want to do the right thing.
3: What's the one um, the one use plastic you want to see touched on next if it's not <laughs> straws? are we talking beer can holders? Are we talking just you yeah. know plastic forks? What are we looking at? yeah it's, it's
2: so bags, bottles, and straws are the really easy ones that we all can probably quickly make change on, right? I brought my own water bottle. You have a you know a coffee mug, a, you know a real ceramic coffee mug here today. Uh, those are things you know. I saw you know here walking through you know uh, through the office here that you all have a water bottle filling station. So there are very simple things that we can do with those three items mm-hmm. that I'd recommend right now. Those are the low hanging fruit, if you will, of plastics. And then it's just what that does is then it be, it makes us more aware of our consumption. Mm-hmm. And so as we become more aware of our consumption, just an, an example, my my wife when, when our daughter was just 15 now, but when she was three and four and going to um, preschool and then elementary school. Instead of Lunchables, which, of course, every kid had, and there's mm-hmm. so much waste with that, uh, she called them Bella Bowls, right? So she, her name is Bella. So she wanted to make it really, you know, cool for her, and, she, and that way she can tell her friends, well, this is a Bella Bowl. You don't have this. This is really cool. Um, and everything was, re- was reusable, right? Plus, it was healthy as well. And so yeah. she understood that connection, you know, to food at a young age, you know, which is important. And she also understood, you know, her dad and what he does for a living and how that's really important. So...
0: Um, It's
1: amazing how, really, in the past 50 years, we have become such a wasteful society. I mean, Mm -hmm. I remember growing up, before you really bought bottled water in a vending machine, it was all soda back then. And a lot of times it was glass bottles or cans. Um, And so to see kind of this evolution over the past 30, 40, 50 years where there's just plastic everywhere is kind of crazy. But I think you know it does come down to the individual consumer and really being mindful of that. And I'm sure you're seeing a lot of that in your work. just going to the grocery store and you have a choice between orange juice in a plastic container or in a cardboard container and so do you think about that like when you go to the grocery store oh gosh
3: way too much <laughs> and for those who don't know I mean outside the marine discovery center <laughs> is this massive lionfish sculpture that you guys had made that is made entire and correct me if I'm wrong is made entirely just of stuff you guys have picked up
2: yeah, yeah, that that is correct. So we uh, we worked uh, with the Artists Workshop, who is a nonprofit that's right uh, next to us, to work on how do we take art and really uh, you know get this message out about plastics mm-hmm. and, and and also about lionfish, which is a major invasive species of our marine ecosystems. So yeah, so we 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 were we're really proud of that sculpture of a lionfish and and, and the the awes that we get when people walk up. You know, so it's made out from you know plastic. Uh, you know, milk jugs and and orange juice containers, uh, bottle caps, uh, toys, uh, discarded kites, you know, things like that. So all just stuff that would have been in the landfill.
1: So we talked about the big news at the top, the the breaking news: Governor Ron DeSantis vetoing the ban on straw bans. Uh, but let's talk about the Marine Discovery Center. You've been there for 15 years now. What's uh-huh. Where are you located? What sort of work do you guys do? Because a lot of people might not be familiar with what exactly you do.
2: Yeah, sure. We're we're uh, we're in New Smyrna Beach. Uh, you know. Our, our mission is to protect and restore Florida's coastal uh, ecosystems through education, research, and community stewardship. So, uh, we're 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 right on the Inlet River Lagoon. We have a 22-acre site. Uh, we are um, we lease from uh, the Florida Fish and Wildlife uh, Conservation Commission, um, and so our our role as a nonprofit is to make sure that the community is aware of how unique uh, this ecosystem is. Uh, the Inlet River Lagoon is the most biologically diverse estuary in North America. It's you know. Pretty, pretty amazing. The, from the big animals, from sea turtles to dolphins to manatees to the really small, you know, s- uh, stuff that we can find. So, so our role is to make people aware of that, and we do that through uh, things like Shuck and Share. Shuck and Share is an oyster shell recycling program where 15 local restaurants give up their oyster shells to us, and then we work with partners to put those oyster shells. Back into the water to restore oyster reefs. Um, so now we're stopping that waste stream and then we're actually growing new oysters. New oysters, you know, one oyster can filter anywhere from 20 to 50 gallons of water in a 24 hour period, so oyster shell, you know, restoration is a big deal. Uh, lots and lots of educational programs. Mm-hmm. You know, from kids, we have a program called Sea uh, Squirts, which is a parent toddler program. We're teaching kids at a young age, you know, everything from Plastics to sea turtles to manatees to lionfish. I mean just you know all the cool things that we have here in Florida That we kind of take for granted. We want them to to be stewards at a young age
1: What's the biggest change that you have observed in the Indian River Lagoon over the past 15 years?
2: Uh, There's no doubt that um, Algae blooms and water quality, you know, and and I know governor DeSantis as well It's something I've been very proud of some of the, the action that he's taken um you know what we we tend to forget. You know we look at it from a, a big picture level. We we go over the bridge. We see the you know the, the pretty you know water uh, in the ocean. Uh, you know, but we're there every day and we see those changes every day. And we so back in 2011 we had what we call our super bloom, massive algal bloom that occurred throughout the Eeny River Lagoon, killed off 57,000 acres of seagrass and it really started. It had a cascading impact on. Uh, that particular system, 2012 brought in what this brown tide. We had never really seen it. it always been in the system, but never blooming. And then, you know, since that time in 2012, these brown tides keep persisting. And so, um, it's such a small micro algae mm-hmm. that it just suffocates everything. And it really, uh, it's not, it's what we call an ecosystem disruptive algae. Not it's not a harmful algal bloom to humans. But the impacts are definitely felt by us because, you know, we can't eat things that come out of that water during that time. And it looks terrible. Fish die. Um, So now, you know, we've gone through all this. We're still going through these waves of change with these uh, brown tides and other algal blooms. But people get it now. They're starting to see, wow, I'm directly connected from a tourism. You know, when we saw Lake Okeechobee discharges and on all the issues in the St. Lucie estuary, as well as uh, the West Coast, Caloosahatchee, um, you know people get that if we don't have a healthy environment our economy is directly yeah. linked to that
1: is and that frustrating though for you that it has to get that bad before like people really kind of pay attention or realize you know that they too are affected by that
2: yeah i mean i'm definitely you know you can ask my wife i'm a pretty you know optimistic person but at the same time i'm a realist right and i you know I've you know just over the years um, been more pragmatic in understanding what it takes for change to occur and so you know I know that education 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 but I can talk to people all in our own area in our own little world and they still and I might talk to them now and and they've been through a program with us and they just didn't it didn't resonate with them that behavior change so I think some it's, it's unfortunate but I think it is a human condition of how of reaction sometimes mm-hmm. and just you know because we're also focused on what we need to do to live our own lives um, until you make it affect you personally in your personal life, the change doesn't usually you know, come. So,
3: yeah, it can be a little challenging. And I think a lot of people in, especially the New Smyrna Beach area, have that same mentality where it's you are a part of the environment that you're living in. How important is that for you to see New Smyrna Beach go forward with the first steps on this ban as opposed to a place that's more you know, centrally located and maybe doesn't have that direct environmental impact they see day to day?
2: Yeah, that's always been, you know, my thing. And when I speak to to different, you know, policy makers in our city, you know, and and even in our county level is, hey, you know, we're a coastal town. This is what, you know, we we love about it. It's why we live here. It's why people come here. And um, and we need to set the bar. We need to set the example, not wait. So I think it's critical that that we be those leaders and, and show other communities uh that that this is important to us water quality is important to us you know the issue with single-use plastics polluting our environment is important to us and we recognize how valuable
3: this environmental asset is and we need to protect it it's washing up on your shores you guys are the ones who are seeing what others are doing and ending up right there on your beach in the lagoons and unfortunately you know with the wildlife
4: Uh, absolutely yeah
2: i mean you know from sea turtles to birds i mean i I just got a, a text this morning about you know bir- another couple of birds wrapped up in monofilament one was still alive and one had died and you know you know monofilament is a you know plastic you know derivative and, and I fish I lo- and I use it but again it's just constantly making people aware of how we can do better you know with our with our environment
1: can you pinpoint the biggest threat i mean is it plastic single use plastic or is it you know fertilizers that we're putting on our lawns
2: yeah i mean there's a lot of there's a lot right it's it's there there is no one no you can't pinpoint it to answer your question Um, most of most of us will kind of kind of look at stormwater in general and 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 from fertilizer to septic and 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 sewer because we do treat the sewer but then we put it out into the system so it still has some nutrients in there you know, to plastics, to, uh, you know, petrochemicals, and, and so forth. These are all things that we're doing. And it's just being aware of how our daily lives, just because it's gone from our lives, doesn't mean it's gone from the natural world. And that connection, like our role, we we, we call it hands-on feet wet. We want people to be connected beyond just let's have a talk. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, wanna, we want you to experience through citizen science and getting your hands on the feet wet. And we think that that Immersive type of programming can change that behavior to where they feel like they're connected. And to your point, yes, it's it's our beach too, and we don't want to see it polluted.
1: I know Clay's story. You were talking about how the city of New Smyrna Beach basically had a Facebook poll to see if yeah. people were on board with with this plastic straw ban and the single-use plastic. Uh, modifications, bans, um, and when I checked last night, more than 3,400 people had voted, and 79 percent of the respondents were in support of the ban. So, do you think that something like that is going to happen soon in New Smyrna Beach? Uh,
2: you know, I do. I think I think the timing is right, and um, you know, I think we have you know to figure out that policy and how that would work. But um, it, you know, if we look at internal first, the city legislating it at their own events and anyone who does uh uh, programming and and, uh projects on their events i think we can make that happen Mm -hmm. and and, and, you know change is not easy you know policy
3: change is not easy and they admitted this is very much a baby step in all this this does not affect your private businesses on the shoreline at this point obviously you know it puts a little bit of pressure being like you know hey everyone else is doing this one of the big questions i like to ask um and my wife and i've had this discussion a lot chad what is your preference alternative when it comes to straws, because there are a lot of different options out there. And my Just wife don't will be the first use one.
1: I don't know why people feel the need to use a straw. I mean, as my, I drink from my coffee cup right now. I mean,
3: you know? my <laughs> wife uses the argument of something with orange juice. If you can use a straw, then you're not getting the orange juice on your teeth, so it's less likely to stain your teeth. That is her argument. I'm standing on behalf of her. Yeah, She's, yeah she, We are, um, our household is now a, a metal straw. Mm-hmm. Um, household which because, are
1: great gifts by the way for birthdays
3: christmas they are and I, yeah. I i enjoy it for a cold drink it just makes it that little bit colder mm-hmm. um but i was curious where you stood on it or if you are just a strawless person can you can you tolerate the bamboo straws the wood straws yeah
2: i mean i'm i'm yeah i'm very easy when it comes to you know i'm not very picky when it from from food to you know to how i eat it um i mean well i guess i'm, I'm picky with beer i do like my beer in a in a in a glass container i will say that um but with yeah with that said the paper stalls are fine Mm -hmm. uh as far as environmentally you know there's a couple of products that seem to hold up better um uh, than others there's there's some that they're they're gluten-free so you know really looking at the whole entire issue of of what is the best alternative i think some of the paper products if it's going to be a single use are are perfectly fine i've seen some of the uh, straw um, types of uh, like pine straw types of uh, straws and those kind of break down uh, I've seen pasta noodles and they can be a bit of a challenge
3: are there ones that are better than others environmentally I mean it goes back to the argument of like is is getting a metal straw saving that much plastic given that what goes into you know what goes yeah into it is
2: yeah so if you so for t- just talking about plastics right anything that's mm-hmm. not plastic and and bioplastic would be considered a plastic even though it's not made from a petroleum it's made mm-hmm. from a plant product it's still a plastic it creates a polymer that polymer can not break down it's going to persist in our environment so I look at anything that can be reused as a great solution mm-hmm. um, you know sure if we're looking at the entire life cycle of that product we can get really deep into mm-hmm. you know the carbon footprint and, and so forth but ultimately in this case I think yeah, we have to be careful because we can get lost in the weeds on on all this and 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 we'll never get anything done yeah. The, ultimately, I look at this as if we need to reduce
3: single-use plastics. Is it better, though, If stay from a standpoint that someone switches out their single-use plastics to metal plastics and eventually over time being used over and over again, those, you know, they, they can get a little grody. I don't know if that's the correct no, term for that. No, there are brushes. But, you know.
1: There are straw brushes sure. that you can yeah. use to clean them and boil them if you'd like. <laughs>
3: um, but but from that standpoint, is is it better to have that metal straw in our waste streamline as opposed to or those bamboo straws in our waste streamline as opposed to the plastic because as you said the plastic doesn't break down but does the the metal is the metal any better yeah yeah
2: good good question so the, the idea is is we think of sustainability and, and 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 that is something that can persist and be mm-hmm. you know used over and over again or can be repurposed or recycled and in this case you know a metal straw can absolutely be mm-hmm. recycled so if we can come up with a product that can be recycled can, can be reused that's what we want plastics are great we all know their versatility and so forth but they're not getting recycled I mean less than 10 percent so we it's not working we got to come up with a a different alternative
1: the idea is for you to pass down your metal straws to your great 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 grandchildren (laughs) so they will be used for
3: 300 years Lisa where do you stand on the straw well I received
1: metal straws for Christmas and it was my favorite Christmas gift Um, it was from my husband because uh, I'm very much also my New Year's Eve new year's resolution was to go and pick plastic out of local waterways once at least once a month i have two little kids so we, we tried to do once a month and it is very disturbing to see what you find even in lakes all around central mm-hmm. florida i mean crazy things golf balls uh little nerf bullets mm-hmm. from nerf guns of course those end up bags, everywhere yeah bottles yeah, um <clears throat> on easter though we were over at new smyrna beach and we made that our easter morning um basically walk along the beach we we had our own little easter egg hunt out there and it was looking for plastic and i was both pleasantly surprised and very disturbed i was pleasantly surprised at how little plastic we found because we did not find the big bottles and kind of some of the bigger pieces of plastic that i tend to find in lakes here in orlando Um, but i did find a ton of microplastics and at first and i think that this happens to a lot of people when you're out at the beach you don't even realize how much is out there because it's really hard to see and after being out there for maybe about 20 minutes i couldn't walk a step without seeing it and you kind of have to train your eye i started looking for little pieces of blue or green or purple or red there were so many little white pieces i didn't know if it was kind of a piece of shell or rock or something or plastic couldn't tell but once you, you started seeing these tiny little pieces of plastic all over new smyrna beach and so it was a little disturbing to me and i'm sure you see that as well
2: yeah and that's Exactly, so when we get on the beach, it's hard because, like you said, sometimes it just looks like this pristine beach mm-hmm. and 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 we have you know lots of beach you know uh, in Volusia county, uh, lots of sand, lots of places to you know to enjoy and you don't see it it's not like you said in, in you know in a lake or you know this this mega concentration of plastics uh, when you do see it is when we get a lot of the um, seaweed washed up right because the seaweed mm-hmm. is out there you know floating mm-hmm. and drifting and then it washes up and what is it carrying with it everything else that's floating and drifting and remember only you're only seeing the plastic that floats not all yeah. plastic floats mm-hmm. right a lot of it is suspended or even sinks and so um, but to your point you start getting trained uh, microplastics are generally defined as anything smaller than 5 millimeters in size but we're Which, seeing what is that all what kinds, is 5 millimeters i mean it, it, size. It, it's, it's, it's tiny tiny almost to where you need a microscope to see mm-hmm. it so it's pretty tiny i mean you could see it with you know with your eyes but it's pretty tiny so what you're actually seeing is is still what we would mm-hmm. call a regular you know, plastic that's just broken down. It's over like the time. size of
1: a fingernail, but it's just small enough that these tiny little sea creatures are consuming this. And mm-hmm. I'm sure every time you've seen a necropsy, you basically find plastic inside uh, their stomachs.
2: It's becoming more and more, you know, common. You know, we don't do a lot of the turtles, but we've done necropsies on bottlenose dolphins, things like that. And, and whether it's on the outside and you see, you know, an issue with plastics uh, on the animals, or whether it's internal, you know. Uh, uh, consumption, yeah, yeah, everything, including us, as, w- mm-hmm. as we all know, I mean, have consumed plastics, whether we mean to or not. I mean, it's just it's it's everywhere in our lives and, and you know, we are eating it and, and, and consuming it. And it does have the best that we can tell. I, I think, you know, the studies are, are going on now. Mm-hmm. We need to do long term studies when it comes to humans. Uh, as to the impact, but I do think that you know we'll, we're going to look back in ten years and go, wow, you know, we we all have you know BPA in our bodies, you know, which is a chemical that we try not to use in a lot of our plastics, but um, it does leach, you know, into our water bottles and things like that. And
1: from what I understand, no matter how far deep researchers go in the ocean to some of the deepest parts of the ocean that they're able to reach, they still find plastic. On the bottom of the ocean,
2: right? I mean, all over. So it's throughout the water column, throughout all the surfaces of the ocean. The most remote islands, you know, the Maldives, you're going to find plastics. And so, so to think about, you know, just these areas who, you know, they don't have, you know, lots of concentrations of people, uh, our impact You know, and our very, uh, you know, mm-hmm. busy areas are, are going into that ocean eventually, you know, winding up on some of these uh, beautiful, you know, remote beaches. So yeah it's just and you guys asked me the question earlier about uh you know is you know when you go shopping you know is it is it hard for you and it is because everywhere you look you know mm -hmm. the more that we become aware of it so i'm very again pragmatic there too in my approach and and you know do the best that i can my daughter's very active in sports and that becomes a challenge because all the sport teams have the single-use gatorade bottles everywhere and we go to these big tournaments and then when we leave just a row of filth of plastic primarily Mm -hmm. is left behind and you know I, I know that there's no recycling that happens. and
1: it seems like it's getting harder when you're at the grocery store you know I try I buy a lot of eggs but to find eggs in a carton that's maybe made out of like a paper mm-hmm. product versus plastic or styrofoam is becoming harder and harder yeah
2: yeah and, and and not only is it so So what what to your point you know I think that, you know we have to drive some of that change in our consumption right in, in in our you know what we're purchasing and so I'm doing the same thing I'm doing my best to try that Uh, But we're starting to see industry also come up with some pretty ingenious products. I think Igloo, you know, not too long ago released, you know, a a cooler that's made from a paper product, right? Uh, Because they know that their products Mm -hmm. potentially have issues. You know, we see lots of upcycling of plastics into clothing, but then, Mm -hmm. of course, there's a challenge with that because when we launder the clothing, it potentially gets into our stream so there's no great solutions but I love the innovation right i mean we are a, a you know a, a smart creature that's constantly you know, coming up with innovative solutions to our our challenges, mm-hmm. right? And and so I do think that that's also where this is going to have to come from. But I don't think recycling is the answer. We, it hasn't happened yet.
3: And how it's, long we've we been trying? It's it's always. I have friends who work in the food service industry, and one of the things is you know they switch to obviously the cardboard takeout boxes, and you get those in the big shipments. And what are they wrapped in when they arrive? Yeah. To you? Right. they're They're wrapped <laughs> in the plastic. So it's like yeah. it's like even as you try to do more and more, you're still fighting that battle of like. Guys, come on, Why'd you? Why'd it's you
1: amazing ready? the <laughs> amount of packaging that, yes. that products are in. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a child's toy, it takes basically the jaws of life to free it from its package. <laughs> it's so insane, true. you know, and then and everything you buy, is it seems to be wrapped over and over and over again. Why is that?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're obviously shipping and, you know, damage, you know, is one. Uh, merchandising is another one, right? I mean, I, I mean, for, for Mother's Day, you know, I had these beautiful orchids that I got. Purchased for my for my 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 mom and for my uh, mother-in-law, but they have and, and it's and you first look at it and, is, and it's and it's clear and it's colored, and then I you know go to press on the uh, outside container which is marketed very well merchandised very well and it's plastic and it's just constantly you know uh-huh. around so I I just think that. Um, we don't think much about it right so um, until we drive that change uh we
1: as consumers as as
2: consumers we're gonna have to make you know smarter choices and we're starting to see i think i can't recall the name of the store but there's a store up in northern volusia county that just opened up and i think that they're focused on that bulk types of purchasing Mm -hmm. you know for the customer and so we you know we don't have that you guys i'm sure have some of those stores here in orlando but on our side we don't have Mm -hmm. it so um, I mean, I'd love to see Publix, for example, change, you know, that that's a hard one, and I, I, that would be
3: phenomenal if we could see them that that make that change. That would cause quite the wave in Florida, if that were to go through. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. One of the things, we've been talking a lot about just how slowing down the consumption of plastics. Um, are we at the point where the plastics that are out there right now, the plastics that you're finding washing up the beach at the bottom of the ocean, is that a lost cause at this point? Yeah, um, we had some of the researchers from five gyros
2: uh, with us last year, and they go all around the global ocean, you know, gyros and do the research and the trawls and so forth. Um, and you know all the stuff that's below the surface. There's really not much we can do. I, th- I think our focus really needs to be on what can we do to stop, in, you know, increasing the amount that's mm-hmm. going in there right now. And you, you you hear lots of different innovative solutions on how we're going to clean up some of it. And, and there's some merit to some of these. And, and and I and I think again it brings out you know uh, you know some creative ideas and and it brings the awareness. But. But overall, I think, you know, I think we should focus on the, the production, right? The source of that pollution. Stop that. And then we could work on, you know, what can we do with up, what's in there? Yeah.
1: yeah. So you were telling us briefly about some new efforts to try and Clean up uh, our environment, and something called one planet living. What is that?
2: Yeah, so one planet living uh, is, is the idea that uh, uh, right now Americans, you know, live as if there's five planets, and, and and that's from a perspective of just overall consumption, right? And so we're all consumers, and, and and we're very fortunate, you know, that we benefit from the consumption that we have in this country. But but we're also very wasteful, and so uh, I believe Europe is around three uh, planets that they live, and so the goal is to get to one planet. So it looks at uh, several of, of these uh, of criteria that, that we try to look at as a framework. Plastic reduction is one of them. Water quality is, a, is one of them. Renewable energy is another one. Uh, you know, just water use and consumption. And so it's just looking at, you know, a basic sustainability model. And so what, it, But it's really aimed a lot uh, right now we're using in, in the tourism. I mean, we're a huge tourism destination, you know, from Orlando to our beach here in New Smyrna Beach. Um, and uh and, and the idea is how do we make sure that that when tourists come here that they know that the people who are already living here really care about yeah. this and if that's the case then they're going to care as well it's
1: got to help when places like disney and SeaWorld, you know ban straws and you notice it when you go to the theme park you notice that they there is a limit you can't get a plastic bag at SeaWorld, for example
2: yeah i mean and it just makes again it, we've come a long way so mm-hmm. i know you know the the, the original question like well why it just straws because now that awareness is really coming out we're seeing industry starting to change and modify some of their behaviors. And then the consumer is like, yeah, I guess I didn't really need that. And oh wow, you have a a paper to go container? Like, oh, that's
3: cool, you know? And so we're Mm -hmm. we're seeing that change happen. We talked about how plastic straws were such a, a microcosm of a bigger problem. Expanding it out a little bit, just to food service. How much is food service a part of this problem as opposed to just manufacturing plastics? Yeah,
2: I mean, I think overall, the the packaging is probably our biggest amount of single-use plastics that just you know we talk about that 40 percent of overall annual production of plastic uh you know from the merchandising and the packaging and shipping that's where a lot of our plastics is Mm -hmm. but where does the consumer see it those are things that they don't always they might see it but they don't think about it but i think at the restaurant level at that you know initial consumption level um th- there's some really again low hanging fruits, you know, and so that's kind of why we start there very often and we can if we can challenge our restaurants uh, and many of them are are all about it to hey you know just don't auto straw here's an alternative and, yeah. and we try to give them these best management you know I- ideas and
1: so what happens to you when you're at a diner having breakfast on a Saturday morning and server comes by and immediately, like, throws down, you know, a bunch of plastic straws.
2: Yeah, so, and and it just depends on who I'm with, you know, because my wife has just heard it so many times. Uh, I, 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 I'm, you know, if, if, if they're, straws that are packaged and are just thrown down. And I said, oh, we won't need these, but thank you for the offer, we appreciate it. And I, and I said, and then I'll, and I'll try to engage in a conversation. And it just mm-hmm. depends on how busy they are, because if they're real busy, then I know that that's a lost cause, right? <laughs> um, but I was at a restaurant you know, locally in uh, you know, New Smyrna Beach the other day, um, and, and he you know, went to give me a straw to server, and I, and I said, oh, no, I don't want a straw. I said, aren't you guys part, because we have a program that we try to um, monitor which, which restaurants are doing what. And he said, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, we are. He's like, we tried the paper straw, but we just, our clients didn't really, and I said, oh, okay, that's, that's mm-hmm. really good to know. I said, I appreciate you telling me that. And I was like, you know, I, you know, I'd love to talk to you guys more, you know, at another time when you're not so busy about some other products that we can probably use. And he was all about it. He, uh-huh. he was like, actually, I've been studying this and kind of interested in it. And I said, yeah, the biggest thing that you guys could do is just stop auto-strawing, just stop yeah. automatically giving those straws. That's a simple thing. And then we can go from there. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I like to engage in the conversation if the timing is right,
3: you know. I love that, auto-strawing. (laughs) Auto-strawing, indeed. (laughs) Well, I mean, you talk about it. You you notice the plastics when it's something like, you know, you're opening a toy and that plastic Mm -hmm. does not open no matter how much you're trying to use the scissors on it and (laughs) you're trying to rip it open, but you don't notice it from the other other standpoints, and it can be little things. Like, even just registering for a wedding, when you get wedding gifts in the mail and you find that it's in, like, three different Mm -hmm. layers of plastic so that it doesn't break upon the shipping. I
1: mean, I think that is true, just being mindful because, you know, using a plastic fork and then throwing that in the trash, you know... Mm -hmm and we can reuse that Uh, you know you can wash that and reuse it again but people don't um do you feel like you are making a difference though you know with with the new generation just the increased awareness um you know younger kids being mindful of of the plastic that they're using
2: yeah i mean there's you know we we all know that that our new generations that are coming up you know that are that are these you know major consumers you know to be uh, are very, you know, purpose-driven, right? And so they're they're, they're looking at things, and, and you know, they, they realize that their purchase has an impact, mm-hmm. and they want it to be a positive impact. And so, um, so that's pretty powerful. Even though the consumption, you know, level has increased of all these single-use plastics because industry is putting it out there and we're buying it, um, I think that they're much more aware. So, again, I do think that that can drive the change uh it, it's hard for me sometimes because again we're in our own little world so mm-hmm. some t- you know all of us you know at, at our center and all of our staff and our volunteers like we all kind of challenge each other all the time we have things like where you know if you use plastic you know we'll put a dollar in like a swear jar kind of thing like, we'll do things like That's that That's
1: good. i like that you know i mean it's yeah. a glass
2: jar though just to be clear it's not a plastic <laughs> jar <laughs> yeah it's a glass jar <laughs> So, you know, so we do things like that constantly to just kind of you know keep that awareness but um then but then we're reminded you know on the outside when we when I go to a sporting event, for example um that you know and then I go to look into the the trash container, which has uh two divisions, one for recycling and one for trash, and I realize that that's just the lid because below it it's all mixed, mixed together, yeah. and so we all know that that's not getting recycled uh-huh. so and that you know it's those types of things that I see. And I, and I just think, what can we do? You know, even at our school level, I was a high school teacher for marine biology for about five years in the early 2000s. And every teacher had a recycling bin in their class. Mm-hmm. I would sit back, you know, at the end of the day, I'm grading papers and the custodian would walk in and I would watch the custodian take it and just throw it right in the, and And we'd have newspapers and lots of plastic bottles at the time, hopefully that's still not the case, throw it right into the trash. And so I would talk to them. So eventually, they just told me like, we we can't afford, we don't have the budget for recycling, we don't have recycling. So what can we do? So we formed an ecology club, and we went out and we recycled at least all the newspapers in that school. So there are lots of things that we can do you know at the at the school level at that elementary level middle school high school level institutionally that i think can make a big wave of change
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, you know i just i had to, uh, i saw a really cool program one time when we so we have kids that come to our field trips all the time um there's one today and when they come they bring all there's actually a policy if i recall um, where the kids have to put their lunches into a one-gallon Ziploc bag and then take a Sharpie and put their name on it, right? So that's for practicality purposes mm-hmm. so the teachers can keep it organized and everything else. Well, imagine every field trip that we get, we'll have about two pretty mm-hmm. large trash containers, all the Ziploc bags and all the other plastics that the kids use. That's a challenge for us. So we're working on creating an opportunity and a challenge for the schools. We're working on some funding for this program where we can actually... When you come, we're going to teach you what is compostable, what is recyclable, mm-hmm. and what is waste, mm-hmm. or landfill, we have to call it, mm-hmm. so they can get a sense of what that means by waste. And then we're going to have a challenge to see who can have the least amount of waste Mm -hmm. you know in each of these programs when you come here and just being mindful and
1: it is so important i have a friend who recently went on a field trip with her kids to the orange county landfill and she was stunned by just seeing the huge amount of trash that is brought there every single day and she said you know it made a difference in her life and they're going to do their best to try and reduce their waste so you've been with the marine discovery center for 15 years you've seen a lot of changes over those 15 years where do you see the Indian River Lagoon and our coastline 15 years from now?
2: Yeah. Ultimately, you know, one of our goals is, is, is community, building community. Um, and we do that through, in, in our case, um, a sense of ownership of the Indian River Lagoon. And we're beginning to see that shift in our community um, of how important that waterway is and and I like to feel like we've been a, a part of that shift you know there's a lot of people there's a lot of great folks in our community uh, at different levels that, that are also a part of it but so in 15 years I'd really like to think that when people come to New Smyrna Beach it's not just about the beach it's about the waterways the 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 lifestyle which I do think people come you know for that as well but the ethos of 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 realizing how special this system is and wanting to protect it so feel a personal responsibility whether they live there or they're visiting there
1: great chad Truxel with the marine discovery center thank you so much for joining us on florida foodie and uh, hopefully one day we'll see less straws and and single-use plastic on our local beaches
2: yeah thank you it's a pleasure enjoy it
4: Thank you for listening to Florida Foodie. We would also like to thank our guest, Chad Truxall from the Marine Discovery Center in New Smyrna Beach. Check out the center's website, marinediscoverycenter.org. A special thanks to Clay Lapard for guest hosting. Follow him online at facebook.com slash TV. And be sure to follow Lisa Bell as well. Search Lisa Bell News on Facebook and Instagram or Lisa Bell News 6 on Twitter. You can find her new children's book online as well. Search normannomebooks.com or Norman Gnome Books on Facebook and Instagram. Also, a big thank you to our technical producers, Derek Mosier and Ryan Holly. I'm the show's producer, Thomas Mates. You can find videos of all of our podcasts on clickorlando.com slash podcast. Please share those on social media. That really helps us out. And be sure to check out our other podcast, Florida's Fourth Estate, hosted by Matt Austin and Ginger Gadsden.